to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join up. Let's get this show started. We know we're bringing Seattle to the world today, and we're bringing the world to Seattle. So we have some of both going on today. Kent Rollins grew up ranching in Oklahoma and has been cooking for cattle ranchers out of his authentic 1876 Studebaker chuck wagon for more than two decades. An acclaimed storyteller and poet, Kent has appeared on the Food Network, PBS, NBC's Food Fighters. His recipes and stories appear regularly in Western Horseman magazine. Kent, along with his wife Shannon, run the Red River Ranch Chuck Wagon Cooking School in Hollis, Oklahoma. And his hotly anticipated new cookbook, A Taste of Cowboy, Ranch Recipes and Tales from the Trail, it's number two on Amazon right now. So it's really hit a nerve with people. People are identifying with it. And we're thrilled to have Kent on today. So thanks, Kent, for coming on. Oh, thank you, Lori. Now, it is a, it is a pleasure that uh, to get to share with the far Northwest it is. Well, we have a lot of cowboys or wannabe cowboys in, in, in this neck of the woods. The the cookbook, it's it's so much more. I mean, when you say cookbook, doesn't he really even do this book justice? The stories, the photographs, the recipes really tap into something that's really deep and, and familiar to most of us. Yes, ma'am. When we when me and Shen started this, we first of all wanted it to be something that was uh, from the heart. And everything that in there is is ours. The the recipes she did, the photography on the food and the ranches, both the stories, and it's. I tell people this is more than just a cookbook. It's it'll feed your stomach and it'll feed your heart both. It's it's about a simple way of life with uh, great, awesome recipes, but uh, they're easy to put together. They're in your pantry. Uh, I told Ted Allen one time after a chop deal. I said, you know, I like to cook food I can spell. And uh, all of this in here, I can spell pretty good. <laughs> well, I, I would think when you are cooking out of a, a chuck wagon, you don't have the luxuries that maybe a a restaurant chef would ha- uh, a chef would have at your disposal all the time. So um, simplicity, yet feeding a hungry crew is probably some type of balance you have to learn. Probably an art to that. Well, ma'am, we, we learn to improvise more than anything else. Uh, I was taught that as a child growing up in southwest Oklahoma. You you better get ready to deal with all that Mother Nature can throw at you in the blink of an eye. And uh, that's what a lot of this comes from for me was uh, being able to take something and make it into something that people don't think it can be. Uh, you know, canned goods for a long time, I think a lot of folks thought, you know, they're, uh, they're not... They're not fresh. They're not right out of the garden. But when you know how to season these things properly and you can pair them up with things that you might not think to go together, hey, you can turn this into the best dish in the world. And cowboys are. They're a hungry bunch of people. And uh, they uh, always tell them, I said, y'all have been great experimentation on me because when we have a group of cowboys on a ranch somewhere that's 70 miles from the nearest town, I have a captive audience. They can't get away and go eat somewhere else. 
That is true. How how did you get started, Ken, in, in cooking for cowboys? Well, I first started cooking when I was seven or eight years old. My mother started me in the kitchen there because I thought it was a warmer place to be sometimes than being horseback. But I didn't know I was going to have to wash all them dishes when we got through. But uh, from there, I went to guide nail hunters in the early 80s and, and learned to cook in cast iron, just trial and error, uh, the baking part of it anyway. And uh remembered all the old chuck wagons that I'd eat off of, and some of the cooks were, were decent, and some of them were pretty bad. But you never disrespected a cook that was cowboy code and ethic. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a wagon and, and start making some of these ranches and cooking when they're working cattle. And sure enough, did. You know, in 93, started pretty pretty hard, and uh, folks took a liking to my cooking. Uh, the cowboys... Uh, they need to be fed well, and when you've got a cook that'll treat them that way and feed them really well, they'll work better. And uh, that was a big part of it. What is cowboy food? How, how is it different from, from what we're kind of eating normally in our lives? Well, I, I think it's not just cowboy food per se, as it is just good old home cooking. Uh, you know, it's it's like what, what mom and daddy used to put on the table. It's what so many... So many parents put out there today, and that's just good, everyday, wholesome meals. Uh, sure, we, we have a pretty large calorie intake on some of them meals we put out there to them guys because they're burning a lot of calories in the day. But uh, we feed them well, and it's it's got a bit of a Southwest flair to it, I think, in a way. Uh, flavors, some of them are pretty bold. I like food that bites back when I bite into it, and, and I won't say it's the hot you can't eat it, but I like to pair a lot of sweet with a lot of heat. Well, I'm going to be trying your tater salad and jalapeno because that just sounds like a natural fit to me. And that was just one of the many recipes that really appealed to me um, throughout this. There's there's something romantic about I, I and, and and you tell me if I'm wrong, but is, is it is it just Americans who kind of identify with this this cowboy lifestyle, this cowboy way of life, cowboy eating, or are are you seeing more people from around the world being interested in this? Well, the, the cowboy, the true cowboy, has been a, uh, an iconic figure for so many many years uh, overseas and here too. And I, I think people are drawn to it in a way because of the maybe the figure that he poses to some people, the, the ruggedness, the, the honesty, the sincerity, because all the all the true cowboys ever been around in my life stood tall as giant oak trees, them old-timers did. And they were a polite, honest, hardworking bunch of people. And uh, I think the world uh, today needs to, to come back to a table and sit around and let's just have good, honest food. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really does appeal to people. And that's what's so great about this book is not only do you have the recipes in there, but then you have the stories that, that you've acquired over this lifetime of being around these veteran cowboys who were really um, characters in their own right. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, I was very fortunate to be raised ranch and cowboy in a small rural community. And and the old ones that are around, that I was around, they, they were heroes. And uh, to, to be able to hear their stories uh, was something that was a childhood dream of mine. And I remember when me and Shan, my little sweet wife, would be going down the road after we first met, and I would tell her one of these stories, and she'd say, 
do you have that written down somewhere? And I said, no, ma'am, just in the back of my little feeble brain. And she said, well, when we get home, we're going to start. You're going to write a blog. And I said, I can't even spell blog, Dave. And, uh, <laughs> but it, it started, I, I do like to write. She's a, a great editor. But these stories are, sure, some humorous, but uh, there's a lot of meaning to them that if people just take the time, it applies to everything in life, whether you're a cowboy, a dentist, a doctor, or a plumber. Do you remember some of the best advice that, that you got along the way from some of these guys? Yeah, I, I was sitting in a Brandon pen, ma'am, when I was eight, nine years old, uh, up against a fence waiting for the the fellers to bring cattle in with an old man that, that owned that little old small ranch. And uh, he looked at me and he said, I'll tell you something, Button, because that's what they called a young feller was a Button. He said, you can tell a lot by the way a man treats his dogs, his horses, and his cattle, because he's going to treat his women better. And I didn't know how to take that at first, but I watched that old man uh, later go through life, and the way he treated his wife, his kids, uh, was like a role model, and I wish I had that at home. But there were so many things they give me in advice that I'd think back later and think, I, I don't know what he's talking about. But as I got older, it all comes into effect. Uh, you know, life, life is simple. People complicated. And uh, that was one thing that stuck in my mind more than anything else. Yeah, that, that was definitely good advice. And, and that's very, very true. Do cowboys have favorites? Do they put in requests to you? Or or, or, or there's something that you know is always going to be a hit? Well, there's a lot of these ranches that we that I've cooked on for years and years. And Shannon, she's come along and started with me, too, that... Now when we go, cowboys know uh, really what nights that something's going to take place if they beat off my wagon very many times. And and they always are ready for bread pudding and whiskey sauce. Uh, they want to know why you don't have that first night, the next night, and every night. But uh, the chicken fried steak, uh, Shannon's meatloaf, uh, nearly everything in this cook- cookbook, them cowboys have eaten at one time or another. Well, I know that the whiskey bread pudding is a big hit and is a secret whiskey. <laughs> well, it, it helps, ma'am. There's always a fellow told me one time that that'll help out. You might start with it first and then we'll move on. If your cooking's bad, we'll know we need to drink a little more before we start next time. But uh, <laughs> now the, the bread pudding forever and ever, I kept that in my heart. I didn't even give their speeches to anybody that I knew. And, uh, when Hood and Mifflin picked us up, and we're so fortunate to get to work with them, they're a great publishing company. Shen told me, she said, "You got to, we got to put the bread pudding and the whiskey sauce in there." And I said, "No, ma'am." I said, "A man needs one secret he can take to the grave." And she said, "No, give it up." So, so I did, and it's. Uh, I think the the thing that makes it so good to me, and I've eaten a lot of bread pudding in the last forty years, is the hamburger buns. They create a really a lot texture to it it's really airy and uh, it is probably my favorite favorite dish in the whole cookbook well that's one of the ones that people were i read online where people were um they had pre-ordered this book and were on a waiting list 
four months in advance of the book even coming out. That's how hotly anticipated this was, that, that, that people were signed up months and months in advance to receive this. And you have fans from all across, not only the United States, but Canada and, and all over the world. And and the whiskey bread pudding was definitely something that they were talking about in your chicken fried steak. I mean, your fans really know you and they follow you and they keep up with you and they really embrace and adopted this this lifestyle at, at at least at heart yes yes ma'am and that's that's one thing that i never take for granted is the, is the people that have uh, i don't call them fans anymore i just call them friends because I, I like to take time to visit with each and every one of them that reaches out to us and and i think a lot of that started from uh being back on chop so many years ago we took the time to answer every email write every letter and uh, that's what it's always meant in the cowboy way of it. Uh, you, you take time to write back or you call back to people that reach out to you because if they had the time to do it, it's only decent that you have the time to do it back. Well, and they're really loyal and they've really stayed loyal to you and they've really put the word out. You've dedicated this book to not only to your wife, but, but to your mom. And it sounds like your mom had a, a big influence in your life. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm very fortunate to be loved by two women as much as the two that I've meant the most to me in my life, and that was my mother and my wife. But uh, my mother taught me to always fulfill your dreams. Don't don't let them die. If you've got something in your heart that you think means something to you, uh, go for it. Don't be afraid. And uh, that was... It was hard for me for a long time because I I was afraid that I couldn't reach to what I really wanted to be. But uh, she would tell me at times, you got to have faith, and not only in the Lord, but you got to have faith to know you can put that ladder up again in the sky and climb it without leaning on nothing. And uh, and I and I started to believe in that, and that's what she instilled in me. And when Shan come along, uh, it even got in there deeper. So uh, I've been really fortunate to be blessed with two loving women in my life, but. Uh, my mother was a great cook. She fed us, uh, she fed us at times uh, that were lean, and like I say, when the groceries were a whole lot leaner, but we never went without. Well, you have to be a real hearty and special people to survive Oklahoma. How did your family or, or your, um, your heritage kind of start? How did you guys get to Oklahoma? Well, my my mother and, I mean, my grandmother and grandfather on my dad's side come across the Red River in a wagon in the 18, early 1890s and settled up in this country. They'd been in middle North Texas before that. And, and my grandmother kept a diary until she went blind. Uh, and she was always on up in the 60s, I guess, when she lost her eyesight. But, uh, you know, that to live through the Dust Bowl, uh, the depression of what Oklahoma uh, had to deal with uh, at that time was uh, was very hard. I can remember my dad telling me that his mother would come in there and lay a wet cup towel on their face at night to keep the dirt from uh, settling on them so bad because them old houses wasn't very thick. Just one board thick was about all it was. But I still think that was the toughest generation of people that ever lived. And not only in in this state, ma'am, but nationwide, uh, them, them folks knew how to persevere in everything. And uh, I think that's still instilled in the rural community here today. We still uh, know that we have to survive. It's uh, something that we have to work for every day. And 
and we don't take that for granted. Well, it's funny that um, you have this 1876 Studebaker chuck wagon, and it really comes from an era that, that that your family really came from as well. There's a lot of history symbolically there. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you know, that was when, when my grandpa and they left Breckenridge, Texas down there, which is all 200, maybe 145 miles straight south of here, uh, you know, they... They ranched a little, they farmed a little, they starved a little, and they eat a little. But uh, it's it was always a part of the heritage in this community in Texas and the Texas Panhandle. Uh, cowboys and chuck wagons have been around forever, and as long as there's a cow out there somewhere, there will always be the need for a cowboy because somebody's got to get him from the pasture to the plate. Well, you talk about in your book the importance of coffee and how that's really gone on since the the very beginning and it's still important today and and you utilize that in many capacities yes ma'am uh coffee has been something i mean when them old cooks went down the trail in the 1880s uh on them cattle drives they didn't have a whole lot to work with but i'll guarantee you they had plenty of coffee because that's one thing they're not going to be without and it's still back to what they uh on ranches coffee's the first thing we put on every morning it's the last thing to come off but Cowboy coffee is, is, is very different. I've had people all over the United States that we that drank a little of this coffee say, I cannot drink coffee because it gives me heartburn or indigestion, but I can drink yours. What's the secret? I said, it ain't no secret. It's just boiled coffee. Uh, when you boil coffee to that temperature to which you reach a rolling boil after you've put the grounds in there, you boil the acid out of the bean. And you now end up with a really smooth cup of coffee and we call it black magic because that old stuff has uh, warded off everything in the world for us. That is, that's incredible. It's, it's such a wonderful book. There's just stories like this that are incorporated just around food. And, and, and I'm not going to give it all away because I really believe that people should really buy this book. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. You talk about getting heat stroke. You're talking about cooking underneath the chuck wagon at times, at how the elements play into all of this. And, and as a reader, we can really put ourselves there with you and you having to get up at 3.30 in the morning and, 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 and start the cooking and, and having rain and dust and sleet and hail. I mean, everything that, that Mother Nature can throw at you you've had it thrown at you numerous times and still put on these wonderful meals well when you when you hang a shingle on the door ma'am that says you're going to do something and i did that as a chuck wagon cook there's no holidays and mother nature she don't run a calendar per se really she just she does what she wants to every day and i tell people i've cooked in everything but an earthquake but uh I guess I've cooked in some of them in Oklahoma because they say we have nearly as many as anybody else. They're just not as big. But uh, Mother Nature may be harsh at times, but I still have the best view out my kitchen window of any cook in the world. If you had one last meal, Kent, what would you want it to be? Oh, one last meal. Well, I would probably... It's Shannon to make my mother's angel flake biscuits out of this cookbook because they were only something that my mother made just on holidays, usually at Christmas and Thanksgiving. And then I'd guess I'd eat a chicken fried steak with some gravy, and then I'd have some bread pudding with a whiskey sauce, and uh, call it pretty good. Well, 
That sounds amazing. And it doesn't have to be our last meal because we can cook it right here if we get a taste of cowboy ranch recipes and tales from the trail. It's just it's something that we don't have to wait. We could we could have it right now. It's it's absolutely just like I said, the the photography in it, the stories in it, it all weaves just beautifully through and and sets up these wonderful food recipes for us as part of the story. So you're hearing the story and then you're seeing the photographs and and you you could almost taste the food it, it makes you want to start uh, cooking these things because you know the story you see the photographs that that go along with it 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 was very well put together Can, did 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 you have pretty much um carte blanche of 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 how you wanted to do this book because it seems like it's a good reflection on you yes ma'am when me and Shan started and uh, uh Rutz Martin she's the sweetest lady in the world at heaven missions she uh, she sort of gave us free reign. I mean, sure, when, when you start a book like this or any great big cookbook of any magnitude, it's about a two-and-a-half-year process for us, it was. And uh, we sort of told her how we wanted it laid out when we did the proposal a long time ago. And we have a great uh, publishing agent in Janice Danud up there, but they're great guidance. But they did. They sort of let us ride this horse where we wanted to take the people. And uh, I'm so glad it turned out the way it did. I am too, because you're really something special, and it comes through in in this cookbook. And it's it's a wonder that it was number two when I peeked at it this morning on the Amazon charts for for cookbooks. I mean, there's a lot of cookbooks, that's, you know, there's a lot of competition in that market, and for 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 you to be lot, um, number two, like I said, there were people who were leaving comments that they'd waited four months they'd signed up for this cookbook. So um, it. The, the tales from the trail are 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 just. I, I'm I'm so glad your wife encouraged you to start writing these things down because um, those type of stories die off, and then these the, the next generations don't hear them. So we benefit from from all your experience and you taking the time to do this. and And I really appreciate Kent you taking the time to stop by and 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 share some of this with us today. Oh, Lori, darling, thank you so much, honey. And uh, like I say, me and, me and Sharon want people to know that this is more than just a cookbook. It's, it's a lifestyle. And uh, we're very fortunate to live that lifestyle and glad that we're getting to share it with everyone. And thank you for taking the time, ma'am, to visit. You're welcome in our camp anytime, ma'am. Oh, thank you. I I take that as as a, as a highest compliment. So thank you very much. It's called Taste of Cowboy, Ranch Recipes and Tales from the T- trail kent Rollins, look him up uh we have links to all of his um websites and he's on youtube and you're going to catch him on tv he's been on uh bobby flay he's been on chopped he's been on food fighters and and you can see why and you can see why people really identify with kent so thanks kent for coming on i really really appreciate it best of luck although i don't think you're going to need it and if i'm ever in oklahoma i will definitely stop by and i want some of that coffee and i want the whiskey bread pudding and i want the um, chicken fried steak (laughs) i'll put in my order now you can have it, ma'am, and I ask people to tune in to CBS Sunday morning a week from this Sunday. It's the 26th. Uh, we have a piece on there, and people will get to see a little reflection of what our life is. Great. Oh, I love CBS Sunday morning. We will definitely promote that as well. And so you can catch Kent on CBS Sunday morning, and that's in two weeks, did you say, Kent? Uh, we, April 26th, the last Sunday in April. A- April 26th. Got it. All right. We will make sure that we... 
get that out. The book, again, is called Taste of Cowboy Ranch Recipes and Tales from the Trail. Thanks, Kent, for coming on. Thank you, sweetheart, so much. Have a great day. You too. All right, you can see that Kent is the real deal, and that's and why people just really love him so much. We're going to go out with Austin Jenks' Wild and Reckless. It seems like the right song for today. And Austin is from Seattle, and he was on The Voice, and he placed in the top 10, and he is a little cowboy from, from our neck of the woods. So thanks, Kent, for coming on, and thanks all of you for listening. We got sunshine on a stretch of highway where the long nights turn into days And all your worries get gone And fade away and Ten feet high road swinging off a riverbank We're gonna stay for a while There's nothing left in that old muddy water rolling over our feet in the sand One, two, three, baby, take my hand We're diving in Take me back to the wild and reckless The summer sun ain't never gonna set you feeling It's what you wanted, it's what you wanted Take me back to the golden glory Keep on living an American story It's what you wanted, it's what you wanted Wild and reckless We had it all back when we had nothing If time is money, we were living like rich men Taking it easy, yeah, living in the fast lane Six, seven, eight years later When we try to explain We'll say Take me back to the wild and reckless The summer sun ain't never gonna say you feel it It's what you wanted, it's what you wanted
Well 